Welcome podcast listeners to Outside the Cubicle, Live Your Passion with Lorraine. Today I'm chatting with Gordon Kamatomo. His regular life is consulting within the information technology space as a senior business analyst. Over 15 years experience with just 35mm within photography that spans owning a camera store, being a senior buyer and department manager in mid-range retail, to freelancing and working in audio video distribution. Gordon has received rewards for his photographs and as a curator on an international competition site and his own domain and e-commerce site. One of Gord's photos landed in the top 10% of most popular photographers site and also one of his portraits finished in the top 10% of 600,000 entries. I think you're going to be very pleasantly uh, informed and inspired by his uh, take on photography and his the future of photography from his point of view. Unfortunately, podcast listeners, I had some issues, technology issues with the podcast studio today. I lost a little bit of the beginning of the podcast, however, retained 99% of it. So you're in for a real treat. So hang on to your seats and get ready to be inspired, empowered, and motivated. Bye for now. Technology and from what I've seen, it's actually extremely applicable in what I see. The term I've heard is spray and pray or fix it in software. And my question really from with my experience is why? Why not get the image right the first time? Why take 10 or 20 and hope one comes out? My sort of philosophy around this, do it right, do it once. And you know what, maybe take a safety. Uh, I feel that when you see something you like, if you can capture that image, it kind of embeds in your memory, and the next time you see it, it should take you back there. That's how I feel it should be. Uh, when I take a photo, that's what I want to capture. Being able to share it and have others enjoy it as well, well, for me, that's the bonus. More important, it's a huge motivator to keep me going. Oh, I agree. Where do you see the future of photography? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, technology advances are definitely disrupting the hardware side of things but you know I think the art itself can't help but get better with those advances now that's conditional for people to have the ability to visualize Uh, technology can bring that visualization that can be seen and felt better I think Uh, artistic expression if you want to call it that Uh, one of the hardest segments around this though is if you are looking at photography as a business path or a career path, uh, wow, you really, really have to understand your market and what the technology's doing actually to, to take advantage of that. I think that's absolutely critical. Oh, well, this ties into last week's episode or a Sunday when I interviewed Tony Gouffet. She's a marketing strategist. Maybe a marketing strategist would be helpful in that area. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually, I know Tony very, very well. Um, Totally agree with you at, from the business end, that strategy is absolutely critical. Uh, there's that old saying, plan your work, work your plan. I feel that today's photographer, it's gotten more complicated. Uh, you not only have to have the artistic side, but you actually have to be very, very smart on the business side and also be extremely aware of what the technology is doing and actually knowing when to take advantage of it. 
sounds like a tall order, but you know what? It's very important if you're either trying to create or sustain your business. With most, with all the meetups I've been around small business startups and trying to carve out my own path, in reality, the photography portion is actually a very, very tiny portion of the big picture. Uh, one of the big, big areas in today's world is the social media side of things. That's a hugely critical environment if you're trying to sort of make it out there. Uh, actually, and the internet has said so. Uh, now, if you aren't considering uh, what I would call a global market uh, as part of your long-term plan, that could be a huge blocker if you're not careful. Um, here's another way to look at things. Uh, don't worry so much about failing. Worry about succeeding, like really succeeding. Uh, for me, I actually didn't think about local so much. I started in the global marketplace with stock photos and now planning to spin back into local. Now, by thinking this way, one of the interesting components of this from a business startup standpoint is the scalability is automatically built in or if anything, it's part of my strategy. Isn't it expensive to, uh, to do this? Well, you know, hardware is constantly changing, sort of like computer technology. And in reality, whether you need or not is kind of debatable. Uh, depending on where you head with this, mm. yes, it can get terrifyingly expensive. Um, I look at what the new technology is capable of, but you know what? You have to really consider whether or not if it's going to be beneficial to your business. In one sense, you should be really leveraging technology to be more efficient to provide an end product. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be that way. Yes, it can be relatively inexpensive as the, at the start, but the deeper you go in, your whole intent should be to produce a top quality image. And there's going to be a cost associated to that. It could be money, uh, the more critical thing, time. Uh, from the photography aspect, if you don't have the skill set to begin with, though, the latest and greatest isn't going to help. If anything, it'll slow you down. When you look at some of the new pro-level com stuff coming out, for instance, the capability is amazing, but take advantage of it. It comes at a price. And that price isn't the cost so much as learning curve. Uh, getting better gear is about improving efficiency and getting the job done. Better gear doesn't make you a better photographer. It just simply makes life easier. Learning curves, they always take a, quite a bit of time, don't they? Absolutely, and most definitely. Uh, you know, with today's technology, the reality is if you get a new camera or a new camera body, even with the top-end pro stuff, you can actually get, get it running in literally 10 to 20 minutes and get it to the point where you can actually be using it. However, taking advantage of what the feature set could has to offer, it could take months, maybe even longer. Figuring out how to squeeze the most out of it will easily take 1,000 photos plus and time to figure out how to improve your technique as a minimum. Learning is a nonstop thing here. Now, for me, or most other people, when they're moving up into this more, I would say, complex area, just figuring out and squeezing everything out to work out easily to several hundred hours. Okay. If I get to a point where I'm booking consistently, we say, as part of my career path, um, I know that time is going to come at a premium. But you know what? I am actually have that built into my strategy. I actually am 
gonna force myself to take the time to learn and experiment. experiment. Now in saying that, from the business standpoint, I've decided that I am not going to be in a hurry. Now, on the other side, I don't have enough money, so I have no choice. It's also a blessing because it allows me to stop and be more creative with what I have. Yes, I'm sure it does take a great deal of time and money. Another podcast topic maybe, book you in June, and what is the difference uh, in taking photos, say in the summer sunshine or the rain, what does a photographer need to be aware of? Um, you know, um, it, I guess a lot of it depends on on the genre you're playing in. Uh, if you are a landscape photographer or even doing outdoor photographers, the only uh, photography, I would say the big, big thing here is prepared. Preparation and being prepared and more preparation. Uh, it goes quite a bit beyond just camera and accessories though. You're talking clothing, backup gear, all of this stuff plays into this. Um, and this is something that I actually have bumped into more times than not. Uh, where I'm out on an event with other photographers, something happens and they don't have a backup plan in place. So um, I guess the view to look at it, if you, if you can, is to take the what if mindset. In reality, the cost of your backup gear could easily cost the same as your operational gear. Remember, you're basically duplicating your op operational things in case something happens. Where this really comes critical is if you are being paid to do an event. At the hobby level, it may or may not be that important. But this is a, another discussion point for later. Um, but another part is the software side. Um, one of the things is as you move up in equipment, higher resolution sensors, et cetera, et cetera, are going to give you more color, more depth. And from the software side, as well as the processor side, if you want to call it that, uh, it's going to take more resources for that to do. So, you know, on my other system uh, that I'm using, I am currently doing more than enough to hit professional results. My long-term goal is to go quite a bit beyond that. Uh, however, in saying that, there's a lot to learn from the art side despite the technology. So um, now, speaking of technology, when you stop, and stop to think about this a bit more, uh, let's talk about something like smartphones. You know, in reality, for most social applications, they're actually really, really good for what they do. If you want to get past that, well, with the technology where it's going, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I think the big emphasis here to remember is that the camera is simply the tool to capture that moment in time. What you do at the other end will determine the tool. Better tools deliver better results. But then again, you need to have a good handle on the tool. In today's world, with the competition out there, content-driven stuff is everything. So in certain instances, the tool actually can be the difference between stunning and breathtaking with all other factors being equal. Now, also, don't kid yourself. I do a lot of curating and I've seen absolutely breathtaking photos done on phones. Yay for phone cameras. I know I like mine. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what? Technically, they actually hold up surprisingly well as long as you don't go past, say, your screen size. If you want to go bigger than that, say, to a wall size print, let's use oh something simple, 20 by 24 inches. There is no hope. Nowadays, anyone with a phone can be a photographer. Oh, that that's actually a bit of a sore <laughs> point. Uh, there's this old saying that goes back 
even back to the old film and sort of the single lens reflex days, and it kind of, and it actually really applies today. Uh, the analogy I'm going to use is someone gets a new DSLR, for instance, and, and the ego kicks in. I have a DSLR, now I look like a pro. Yeah, well, that's that true. doesn't necessarily make them a pro. Yeah, that's true. So, now, same thing with a phone. Anybody, actually, in today's world, can use a phone or any other device and capture an image. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a photographer either. Yes, but it gives it can give somebody a hope that they have a good eye for capturing a moment, or isn't it all about capturing moments, saving a memory? Oh, absolutely. Photography is all about capturing moments in time. Uh, phones and other types of devices, if you want to call them that, actually have been really, really interesting in the stat in the fact that from the social media side, they're actually encouraging people to take more photos. Uh, interesting piece of trivia, there are probably more photos taken every week than were ever taken in the history of photography. Sounds radical, but it really is. Now, in saying that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a photographer either. Um, one expression I heard a long time ago, and it holds very, very true, and something that I think people should embed themselves in from uh, the learning, learning side. Uh, look at it this way. If you yourself like the photo, nothing else matters. If you want others to like the photo, everything matters. Oh yes, I agree with that. Yes, for sure. So now the other thing too is the phone technology, when you stop and think about it, is really, really, really great stuff. Uh, but if you can't, if you don't understand the art or the fundamentals around it, it can produce a bad image just as easily. Now, in saying that, it's also teaching a lot of new folks about photography. Where they take it, that's a whole new issue. You have to remember the phone is simply a tool. What the ultimate, well, what's the way to word this? Um, what the image ultimately gets used for will determine the tool you use as you move along on this. Uh, technology makes it actually quite easy to take a photo in today's world, but whether it's good or not is a totally different issue. A photographer can take a great photo though, irregardless of what the tool is. Remember, in today's world, it's all about content and the more experience you have, the better you'll be able to illustrate that content. Uh, there's another saying I ran into, and it's under certain conditions extremely relevant. I just actually read about this uh, not too long ago, and the saying goes, the camera doesn't matter until it does. So true. Now, with computers, photo photos can be altered so much the average viewer can't tell if it's the real image. Oh, yes, you know, in, in one sense, I think that's very, very true. Uh, a lot depends on the genre. Uh, when you stop and think, um, for the most part, serious amateurs and pros, I think, they might not alter that image quite near as much as you think. Uh, yes, they do a lot of post-processing to enhance colors, comp compilations, or compositions, um, but you know, indirectly, it's basically a vision that they're trying to re reduce, or reproduce, sorry. Uh, despite the technology advances, uh, today's camera sensors still have certain limitations. Uh, so you may have to do certain things like cropping, uh, uh, 
if, if you don't have the correct lens in place. You might have to enhance colors because the sensor doesn't have that sort of what you call dynamic range or the ability to, to have enough range for what the photographer can see. Uh, special effects, well, that's a bit of a different issue. Uh, and it's a definitely a different breed of cat because an artist may actually take a photograph of an image and then want to do something to it for a final effect. That's another different issue. Uh, so basically, again, content driven, it's about what they say, what they want to say, and what they want to show you. More interpretate, more important is the important of what other, what they think you want to see. One also has to remember that a photograph is actually someone else's vision of a moment in time. That doesn't necessarily mean it's everyone else's. Well, that's a very good point. Now, to add more content to that, in an ideal world, if you're driven that way, what you should try and do is reflect the passion and everyone else ultimately should love everything you show. Uh, today, everything is actually kind of an encompassing term because every photographer needs to determine their genre or branding, if you want to call it, and what their final product needs to look like. Uh, most at the serious amateur uh, level and higher, they're seeking, seeking to reproduce content at the absolute highest image quality possible within the respective genres. And the final output is where the tool really can start to matter. Well, this is very interesting, Gordon. What are your upcoming projects? Oh, God, I don't even want to start here. Um, when I was unemployed, which was around three years ago, um, it kind of, my sort of passion for photography started to kind of re-emerge. And it, after going through a series of startups, I started to look at it as maybe I could turn this into a business and a career path. Now, indirectly, it already started to do things around a startup and got an e-commerce site. I started to compete. And then I got thinking about what it would take to pivot into the Calgary marketplace. Now, I'm still working on evolving that. And now that I've found a job, it's kind of slowed down a bit. But part of, but that was, you know what, part, that was part of my initial strategy. And in, anyway, but you know what, money and time, lack of both at this time. So now that I actually own a, a contract, which I just acquired recently uh, as a senior business analyst, um, it's just another path to me that I'm traveling. Uh, like everybody else, I have to pay bills, put food on the table first. Um, however, I can plan like crazy and do the best I can with what I have until I actually get somewhere that resembles even. And then I can start putting things in place again and moving forward even faster. Um, one of the big, big projects I have planned this year is to try and get my portfolio up and running in landscapes and portraiture, uh, more so in the landscape part, because I think uh, there's a lot around here that needs to be shown. And then, of course, I have things like uh, my close-up work that I love doing, which is in flowers. Uh, one of the longer-term projects is actually for me to work in the, in the I would say, the commercial side of things, uh, high fashion, executive portraits, um, wall art, if you want to call it. Uh, yes, uh, for me, um, flowers and my close-up work is actually what I'm super passionate about. But photography overall is my passion. I'm actually open to opportunities if I run into them well. 
uh, as well. Whether I take advantage of any one given opportunity at this point, I get to decide. Uh, right, and, and for me in the long term, as I mentioned before, I'm chasing some extremely specific markets, uh, very niche if you want to call it that. The problem is going to take time and a lot of money to get there. Now, um, one of the things that I really, really like to pursue, and, and this kind of goes beyond the digital space, if you want to call it that, is uh, producing a better print portfolio and a gallery, uh, or have the ability to show in a gallery. So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, my travel buddy Farah and I started to do location scouting around Canmore, Banff, Kananaskis country to see if I could find some photos from my portfolio. Uh, the plan for this year is to actually kick it up a notch and see if, what else we can run into. Uh, Farah fondly calls them adventures, and they have definitely been that. Um, the other side of the equation is I want to be able to produce some big, big prints so I can actually do viewings. The problem? Costs. It's expensive. And then the other side of this is I started to take all this knowledge and thought, oh, I wonder if I could create a book around photography and the business. Uh, I've got all this knowledge over 15 plus years in photography, plus what I'm learning in digital. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if I could pull this off. So that's where we're going with that. Uh, wow, a book. I think a photography book would be a great idea. A lot of work and time and probably money, but all well-spent energies, I think, anyhow. You never know. Someone could be inspired to take up photography, even if uh, for a hobby, you could be that person that changes someone's life. Say they are a family photographer, they take all the photos for the family events, then years go by and families start looking at them, and remembering those moments, and they would not be able to have that person not bought that photography book by Gordon Kamatomo and learned how to take great pictures. You really got to look at the big picture, don't you? Oh, um, I think absolutely. Um, this is, um, uh, I think, a, a, a common thing that you run into is people uh, don't think big enough. Uh, I, that's something I learned a long, long time ago is to, to actually be able to think beyond your own world. Um, for me, on my book, in getting back to that, I'm actually thinking it more has to do with time management and, than anything else, is when it comes down to actually producing this thing, uh, I won't be doing any of the editing, publishing, or distribution uh, because of the, of the cost of time. Yes, it's going to be expensive, but I think having somebody else handle that is going to actually free me up to do other things I want to do. Um, so actually, in reality, I just want to be out taking pictures. Well, Gordon, when do you sleep? <laughs> you certainly covered a lot of information on photography, the past, the present, and the future in tandem with technology. Thank you, Gordon, for your time today and for being my first guest on Outside the Cubicle, Live Your Passion, at the podcast studio in the heart of downtown's Calgary, New Central Library. Oh, thank you very much for having me uh, on this podcast, Lorraine. Uh, absolutely tons of fun doing this. Uh, my, for those interested, my uh, e-commerce site, www.gordoncamertomo.com. And if you want to see my gallery on the competition site, it's uh, viewbug.com forward slash member forward slash gord dash o. So it's capital G-O-R-D dash zero. Fantastic. Thank you for joining me today on Outside the Cubicle. Live your passion with your host, Lorraine, me. 
Be sure to like, comment, share this podcast. I appreciate your support. Have a fabulous day, everyone. And go live your passion. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.